The first reading is taken from Isaiah, chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, and can be found on page 641 in the Pew Bibles. The words that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 to 44, and can be found on page 26 in the Pew Bibles. Hallelujah, hallelujah, prepare the way of the Lord, make the path straight, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Hallelujah. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord God, we give thanks for your word this morning. We pray that it would dwell richly in our hearts through faith, for we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do take a seat, everyone. So this morning, as we think about our first set of readings in Advent, we're in Advent, that season of preparation. What does it mean to be in a season of preparation? On one simple face of it, we could be preparing for Christmas. But I think if we saw it solely as that this morning, we would be missing the richest layer of what Advent is designed to be for us. And so our second reading from Matthew's Gospel hints at that for us. 
This idea that the return of Jesus at the end of time. And so Advent, in a way, can be a little confusing. But actually it's designed to be this, in a way of creating layers of richness. It's actually intentional. So what we find today in our set of readings at the beginning of Advent is that we are simultaneously preparing for a historical moment that happened in the past and a moment in time that will happen in the future. And this is intentional. Let me put this simply. If we know the truth of God, that he promised to us that he would send his son, that he would be faithful in doing it, then we can be confident that that same God will still be faithful to us and will return again. In short, the God who showed that he could come down for us will do it again. This is the message of Advent. This is what we are called to get excited about. So our first reading from Isaiah shows us the promise of Jesus' arrival on earth. It talks about establishing of the Lord's house, the nation streaming in in wonder, showing the glory of God growing even beyond the traditional boundaries at the time with the Israelites. And so they are encouraged. Let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. It says he shall come and judge between the nations and arbitrate for many peoples. Jesus coming on earth that we'll celebrate at Christmas will be transformative to them and they are called to wait expectantly for it. This is God's promise of his first coming on earth. It was foretold. It was promised. And ultimately it was fulfilled in the historical events that we remember at Christmas. God was faithful then. And so we are told to trust in him now for his return. So we think of our second reading from Matthew's Gospel. It says, The hour we will not know, but it is no less sure. Matthew includes this example of Noah as the example here. Noah knew what would happen. Everyone else's lack of understanding around him made the truth no less sure, no less likely that it would happen, even though it took them by surprise. And so it encourages us, stay awake, stay alert. It says, don't be like someone caught unaware by a burglar in the night who just says, if only I had known. Such a sad thing, if only I had known. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? No one would have chosen to be burgled. So it encourages them to stay awake, stay alert. This first Sunday in Advent tells us that we do know, that we do know the truths of God because the same God who came down a first time 
will again show himself to be faithful. The God who was faithful in his promises, who sent his son a first time, will indeed send him again and call us to himself. This is the message of Advent. A season of preparation. Yes, a season of preparation for Christmas, for a historical event, but also simultaneously for a future event as well. Are you ready? Are you confident in his first coming on earth? If you're still working it out, if you're still unsure about it, in the new year, uh, Simon and I will be running a few Alpha courses, and these are great times to work out what does the Christian faith actually mean? What does it mean in the future? Because we can't have confidence in a future event if we don't have confidence in a past event. That would, that would be foolish. But it would also be foolish to not find out if we have confidence in that first event in order that we would have confidence in a future event. So do look out for that if, you, if you're still working it out for yourself. I love that collect that we had at the beginning. It could almost say... considering the truths that we see in you, Jesus, cast out the works of darkness in our lives. That confidence in Jesus casts out the darkness in our life. Jesus, the light of the world, we've got all the lovely candles um, around us, ready to show the light of the world, entering into the light, into the world. And there's this wonderful word, which is such a simple word in this collect, but I can't get beyond it. It's the word that. It's odd. You know, I love grammar. But it's the hinge of the whole collect, the whole prayer. Go back and read it. It's, but it's talking about that past event and that future event. May we have confidence in the truths of Jesus that it would cast out the works of darkness to put on the armour of light in this mortal life that on the last day he shall come in glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead and that we may rise to eternal life. This is the meaning of Advent that we would prepare ourselves with confidence in a historical truth that we will have confidence in a future truth simultaneously. Advent reminds us to stay awake, to stay alert, and to find that confidence in Jesus, in his life on earth, and in trusting him for his return and to eternal life with him. Shall we pray together? Lord God, we give thanks for your truth that you came down to earth and that you will return. We pray that we would walk ever in that light, that you would help us in times of doubt and in disbelief. And we pray that 
in all of our confidence in you, you would draw close to us. For we ask in your mighty name. Amen.